Green and Gold Insiders on a Friday. It is time to check in with ESPN Wisconsin's Jason Wildy, Wildy and Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. Greetings, Wildy. Happy Friday. How are we doing? I'm doing great. You still have apples left from the orchard? We took we 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 purchased far too many apples. I am doing a lot of apple eating. Uh, I am out of uh, caramel to dip it in, so now I got to go get more caramel to cover all the apples. So it's quite a production. Uh, and is Halloween this weekend uh, in the Wildy neighborhood, or is it like do you do like the legit Halloween night trick or treating? Great question. No, it is Halloween night in the greater Green Bay Metroplex. Me growing up in the Milwaukee area, it was actually the Sunday closest to Halloween, which really irritated my father, who did not enjoy little trick-or-treaters, goblins and ghosts and witches ringing his doorbell when he was watching the Packers game. Okay. So not a factor here in Green Bay this week. All right, so I'm a big fan of this. So we have the, the evening trick-or-treat, the Saturday before Halloween. That's consistent with our subdivision, and that means adults get to play too, right? It, it really is kind of a fun neighborhood mm-hmm. thing. I, I like the Saturday before. Uh, I would just say this. It's funny how, and obviously the, the difference in climate is not significant, but like there have been years where it rained the entire night. There have been years where it snowed and the girls actually changed their costumes, but they're getting toward the end of kind of their trick-or-treating window. Like they're getting close to the, I'm a teenager, I'm just going to go out in my regular clothes with a pillowcase and just beg for candy like with no effort whatsoever (laughs) they're not there yet they're going as care bears together which i'm pretty excited about but i i'm gonna relish every trick-or-treat no matter what the weather because we're getting close to the end of an era uh weather is about to become frightful as has the packers play the last three weeks natural segue here uh, trade deadline is coming up here at the end of the month. Now, typically we've talked about, ooh, the Packers, should they be acquiring a piece here? Do they need to get a receiver? Chase Claypool was the guy last year we talked about. Are the Packers on the other end of this discussion now, Wildy? And is a trade of a different sort in the cards here for Brian Gutekunst? Does it even make sense? So I do think that there are some players that would make sense if they got offers that they felt like, you know what, this is a contender, so it's not going to be a high, high in the round pick, but we want to keep building, and these are guys that may not be in our plans down the road. Two guys that I think kind of fit that mode. One would be Keyshawn Nixon, who is playing a lot as their slot corner, and I know Rich Passaccia likes him a lot, but as we've seen, at least during the first six weeks, uh, it's hard especially when you're playing on the road or in really nice weather, to get your kickoff returner to be a field-tilting player. He's only returned 10 kicks all year, but last year against the Vikings at Lambeau, Colder at the end of the season, he had won 105 yards for a touchdown. So he's one guy. The other guy I would think is probably Devondre Campbell. He appears healthy. It appears that he is going to play in his first game since injuring his ankle on the first defensive snap against New Orleans on September 24th. That's a guy who feels like one of those guys that could help a contending team, and you could get his pay off your books for next year, and you could get yourself uh, a draft pick that you can use. They like Isaiah McDuffie, who's filled in for him. I think they're encouraged by his play. So those are the two guys. I'm going the other way. I want 
the miserable Devontae Adams back in Green Bay. Now, maybe that's me just being selfish because we have a great relationship and he's great for us in the media and he's a terrific player, but he does look miserable and I didn't think it was the greatest look that I've seen from him complaining when they were winning about him not getting the ball. Uh, maybe he can find his way out of Las Vegas and find his way home here to Green Bay. Okay, so that would do a number of things. Number one, it would sort of energize the fan base. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would energize the fan base. But it also might give us maybe a little better indication on where Jordan Love is in terms of development. I I spent some time on Kurt Benkirk's Twitter. That's the rabbit hole I dug myself into earlier in the week. And uh, among things that I think he does well, I, I, he knows the offense, right? And, and he can help diagnose a play and who should be where. And I, I think did a pretty good job explaining things. And I think his net conclusion is that it's hard to judge what Jordan Love is doing down in and down out when you can't trust the receivers to be in the right place. He's throwing it to the place he's expecting somebody to be, and they're not there because they're colliding or whatever. Something isn't going right. Uh, down where the ball is being thrown. I, is that a fair assessment? I think it's a fair assessment on some plays, right? Like, it's not like they're all running mistakes and running wrong routes and dropping balls on every single play. And that was my point when Jordan and I were talking during the week. It's like, you know, there are plays where he makes the wrong read or he misses the throw. And Jordan will admit that. That's one of the things I like about him. He owns it. But. At the same time, he will acknowledge, too, that there are plays where he is in rhythm and he's expecting a guy to be there and he's not there. Or my favorite one that they've done multiple times is he's expecting one guy to be there and instead two guys are there because they both run the same route to the same location, and I know that's not how the offense is designed. So, yes, and then if it's not a route mistake by a receiver or a mistake by the quarterback, then it's... Rashid Walker getting beaten off the edge at left tackle, right? So it just feels like it's always something with these guys. Or it's a penalty that instead of having second and eight, suddenly you've got second and 18. So they have really struggled with just finding some consistency. And, yes, having so many young guys has factored in. And I don't know, other than the fact that maybe they just don't think they need to evaluate him that harshly because they believe that he is the guy and that'll become evident to everyone once these guys have all grown up together, as Goody would say. Uh, Maybe that's part of it, but uh, I I hate to say this, but Kurt Benkert is right. I do think for us on the outside trying to evaluate Jordan Love, the people that he's been surrounded with make it more difficult. So the Vikings come to town this week, short week for them, but they also get a very impressive win over the 49ers. On Monday night, Packers will have a little more time to prepare. They're trying to snap a three-game losing streak. So this goes one of two ways, right, Wildy? The the Vikings have had their best win of the year, and they come crashing back to earth. Or it's sort of the launching point for their legit run at an NFC North Division title. Is it one, mm-hmm. is it one or the other? Yeah, it, you know, it's funny because obviously if if you're just sort of looking at it a little bit logically, which is not what Tausch always does on our show. He likes to be a bit of a contrarian. You're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, the the Vikings are figuring it out, right? They've won two in a row, really great signature win for them over a very good, although they've lost two in a row, 49ers team on Monday Night Football. Their defense is playing better. Kirk Cousins look great. Uh Uh-oh, we're catching them at a bad time if you're a Packers fan. But Tausch went the other way. 
They had the success. They're going to they're gonna come back from that game, and they're going to have emptied their bucket to beat the 49ers, and they're going to have a letdown. Uh, you're right. It could go one of two ways. Those are the two ways it could go. The, to me, the question is, how good are the Packers capable of being to either A, face a playing well Vikings team and have success themselves in spite of the Vikings playing well, or given how much they've struggled lately, can they beat the Vikings even if the Vikings play poorly? And I don't know if they can. they got to play better offensively. There's no doubt about it. Their defense has played well enough to win the last couple of weeks against weak offenses. This is interesting. And Justin Jefferson's not even playing, and it's going to be interesting. Well, those who enjoy the noon kickoff, get used to it. You're going to see a bunch of these, even an 11.30 kickoff on Thanksgiving. This is part of life without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, early football watching for Packers fans. Jason Wildey. ESPN Wisconsin, Wildey and Tausch, 9 to noon every weekday. Wildey, we'll talk to you again on Monday, man. Happy Halloween. All right, guys, take care. Be good.